We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch, 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Paula with, we got a crew here, folks, the man, the legend, Norm Hightower, little Stevie, Steve Ribeiro, and J-Rob. All three members, we have members from all of our podcasts this, just go over this massively huge L.A. Rams 54-51 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football, one of the 
best and maybe worst games we've ever seen, as we were talking about earlier. We're going to take a look at all the positives and maybe a couple of negatives tonight, but wow, positives. Guys, I, where do I even begin? I'm just One, I think we're all sober. Are we all sober? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Johnny's not being here. Johnny, Unfor- Johnny's the- Unfor- unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was the big joke on Twitter tonight. It was how many beers do I need? Do I need a case? Do we need some rum? Oh, so, uh, all right. J Rob, we're going to start with you, man. What are your first thoughts of this game? First thoughts of the game is do defense, do, does the defensive players even play, and do defenses exist anymore in the current NFL? When you have two high-powered offenses go at it, it's like, why are you putting anybody out there in the first place? But we, you know what? The Vegas line was 60 points, and if you took the over, then you want some money. And uh, if you're an offensive guru like a lot of people are, you had to be completely pleased with everything that came out from this game. You saw two young stud quarterbacks. You saw playmakers at skill positions making plays all over the field. And uh, overall, we got a W against a very good team and a team we perhaps might see in the Super Bowl should we make it there. And so overall, you got to feel good about beating a very good team and beating a team that you might see again. Norm? Well, if this is a preview for the Super Bowl, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll be drunk as a mofo if I have to watch this again. Oh, it was a hell of a game. I mean, you know, like like J-Rob, I'm, I'm a defensive guy, so for that part of it, it sucked. But because we got the W, I'm okay with it. And uh, wow, <laughs> what a Hollywood ending. Steve? Yeah, that would get game was just flat out insane you know last week's was stressful against seattle and i mean it was more of like an angry stress because we should not have lost to seattle and thank god we didn't this week's we would all have been pissed off about losing this game but look you're playing one of the best teams in the league in what was probably the game of the year up to this point but god damn it feels good to come out with a win in this one man i mean this is the best rams victory that you know we've seen in years probably you know it's been ages since we won a playoff game over the last 13 or so years, man, I'd say this is probably the the most satisfying competitive victory we've had. And I mean, God, I know that I know you guys like defense. I'm an offensive guy. That was a lot of fun. And hey, there's three defensive touchdowns. Okay, let's let's not act like there was no defense <laughs> played in this game. All right. Well, well I got to I got to give Derek props too. normally he's Mr. Pessimist, you know, but tonight when the Rams were still down at the you know end of the fourth quarter, you know, two minutes left, he's like, we're going to win this game. And I was like, oh, my God, Derek just texted me a positive note, and then they scored so quick. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, I was like, oh, he scored too quickly there. You know, the, the thing that's got me concerned is and not even about the Rams. We'll talk about the concerns as we go deeper in the week on our shows. I we just want to think on the positive side, but I do want to make a couple of points here. This game, believe it or not, I, this might be the only NFL game where any team has scored, given up 50 points, and I still say that team won with defense. Two defensive touchdowns, two late turnovers, uh, much-needed pressure and needed times on the Chiefs. The Rams have a lot of holes on defense, and I don't know if they're going to fix it, but... 
when there was a need tonight, that defense made plays, and that's why they won the game. There's no other way around that. We can poke fun at the fact they gave up 51 points. There are lots of problems, but when push came to show, that defense saved him, especially in that last series, man. Oh, Lord, that last McVay series was bananas. So Well, and then the NFL, you know, they pulled this unprecedented thing in the regular season and they bring in this all-star referee crew, which, you know, they didn't call enough holding calls on Aaron Donald's, you know, blockers and stuff like that. But overall, you know, they did a pretty good job. But then I don't know about how you guys feel about it, but you're sitting here with two freaking dipshits announcing the game. It was just horrible. I mean, I, do you guys feel as badly as I do about listening to Monday Night Football? I almost muted it. If it wasn't for the fact that they were talking about, you know, all the L.A. stuff going on and and making it kind of a good story in that way, I probably would have muted it. You guys feel the same way about this crew? The the Witten era is, is not off to a hot start, and, you know, I'm curious to see how long it even lasts. Uh, they got Booger in this weird chair for some reason. I mean, he's... He's probably gives the best, better insights of the team, which isn't saying a lot. But like, put him in the booth because like he'll randomly just start like talking, and you know when you're not there, uh, it makes it weird. And when they show him on the sidelines, he's in this just random floating chair blocking people's views. I mean, it's a strange broadcast on ESPN right now. I'd be pissed if I spent two, three hundred bucks on tickets and then have Booger's big ass sitting in front of me the whole game and not be able to see anything. <laughs> I'd be I'd be throwing I'd be throwing shit at him the whole game. Get out of my way. <laughs> okay, so real quick here before we move on, and we have questions for everybody. I think we may have a special guest on the podcast here in a second. I can't believe he made it. I'm about to ask him if he's sober, but folks, we are all over the podcast world now. We have done. A, I'm pretty proud of, of what we've been doing here, getting our the word out about all of our podcasts, including butting heads including Rampage Radio, Rams Talk Radio, find us, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you name it, we're everywhere, we're all in the same RSS feed, don't forget we're also on iBeatRadio.com, they air our show Wednesdays and Saturdays and Sundays, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, and, well, you know, check us out, and if you haven't given us feedback, we really appreciate it, if you haven't given us a review or subscribe, please do, it helps us out tremendously, it makes magic happen for us, and I think... After talk, making having some talks this past weekend with a nice partner, we're heading down a good road. Johnny, you there? Doesn't sound like it. Oh, Johnny's not here yet. Okay, so well, oh, he's probably wait- too drunk. He's got the mute button pushed. <laughs> well, so while we wait for Magic Johnny to make his appearance, Norm got stats. I do. Here we go. And boy, do I have stats. <laughs> All right. So we'll go through the Rams offense first, which uh, as good as it is, is kind of crazy on the other side. Uh, Jared Goff went 31 for 49 passing for 413 yards. Gerald Everett, three receptions, but two of them were touchdowns for 49 yards. Todd Gurley had three for 39 and Kaderil Hodge had one for three yards. Fumbles. Jared Goff had two fumbles, lost both of them. One of them turned into a score, and the other one turned into a score the next play. Uh, Aaron Donald forced two fumbles, and Ibukam ran one back for a touchdown. 
Interceptions, LaMarcus Joyner had one at the end of the game to seal it. Marcus Peters had one thanks to Samson Ibukam, and Samson Ibukam had one that he ran 25 yards back for a touchdown. And might I say, he looked like a fullback when he ran it in. <laughs> Our leading tackler, John Johnson, nine with two, two assists. Corey Littleton, seven with one, and Sam Shields, six. Uh, let's see, sacks. Aaron Donald with two, Samson Ibukam with one. I, I think, is that Johnny? Is it Magic Johnny? I don't know. Magic is it? Johnny, listen, are you listen? You know, you just interrupted the Stastag Nabbit. How dare you? Norm just ticked <laughs> off now. He's gonna come over there and cuss you out. Johnny, tell us, man. Tell us, brother. Hey, are you so? Well, well, well. Let, let Norm finish up his stats. All right, go, Norm. All right, so uh, let's go with uh, a few stats from KC, which we don't really want to do much of because they're insane, but we'll go ahead and do a few here. Um, For the Chiefs, Mahomes, 33 for 46, 33 of 46 for 478 yards, six touchdowns and three interceptions. Damn. Kareem Hunt, 14 carries for 70. Patrick Mahomes, 6 for 28. And Tyreek Hill, 10 receptions for 215 yards and two touchdowns. And Travis Kelsey, 10 for 127 and a touchdown. Chris Conley, 7 for 74 and two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, 3 for 41 and a touchdown. Uh, Pretty crazy stats there. Team stats. uh, Total drives. Both teams had 15 total drives. Uh, first downs, Rams had 29, Chiefs had 27. Uh, total yards, 546 for the Chiefs, 455 for the Rams. So uh, that adds up to 1,001. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, let's see. Let's keep going. Penalties. Chiefs had 13 penalties for 135 yards. Rams <laughs> had... Rams had eight for 60. Chiefs had five turnovers. Rams had two. Time of possession within a minute. KC 29-37 and the Rams 30-23. All right. So, uh, Johnny, you're in the car, dude. Let's get your thoughts real quick before I jump over to Justin. Um, Because I don't want to, you know, one, I have to ask, are you sober? Maybe you just got your answer. (laughs) Johnny's just just looking at me funny. He just passed out the car. (laughs) Johnny, can you hear me? Johnny. I I do not believe he can hear you. All right. Um, (laughs) Justin, we'll come back to Johnny when he pipes in. This is a – folks, you can't see the actual screen. Maybe one day we can get video up. But Johnny's looking at us right now, and he looks pretty. We just guys say he looks happy, no, tired. Uh, I I wanted to drink a little bit more. I I like to lie. I wanted to drink a little. Okay, he's going in and out. So you say he uh, wants to drink a little more. Uh, you know, his picture there is as fuzzy as yeah, his voice sounds me? right now. Can you hear? Not really. Ray radio. And we're yeah, live we're, too, man. So you're making sure you're still alive. 
All right, so we'll try and get Johnny later. Uh, that stinks. Um, he was at the game, folks, and so he's going to be writing his perspective article on this as well. Um, I'm pretty pretty thrilled for him to actually be there live for that game. Justin, going through the stats there, I know you're not happy about the lack of defense, uh, but give us some positive thoughts on the game and what you're and how how it was for you. Uh, well, I mean, I want to start with the defense. I mean, for the lack of play from there, as you just said, that Norm and I are both defensive guys. Um, Samson played like Samson tonight. I mean, he really, really did. And uh, Jay and I were talking about it, and I had brought up uh, the point that a lot of Rams fans, especially on Rams On Demand and certain other forums and Facebook and all that, were really starting to call for uh, Obo Orkowankro to come out and make a his debut almost either this week or last week, depending on his health. And I, and I made the point that we need to hold tight, and tonight proved me right. And uh, you have to be really excited about what you saw, especially on the last play, in particular when Mahomes tried to roll to his right. He kept his lane, and he bull rushed the tight end, Kelsey, or the backup tight end, right into his lap. And that's why he was able to make that play. So you have to be really encouraged by what the defensive line was able to do. Um, that's, that's really that, – that I was encouraged by that. What I was not encouraged by as much, even though I want to stay positive here, I feel like the offensive line was challenged much more than any game this game tonight. There was a couple of communication issues, and Casey's defensive line was really able to get pressure with four, especially up the middle. And is there such thing as the offensive line being tired from having to pass protect so much? I mean, it, it, could that be a thing? <laughs> Absolutely. And so that, and so that's kind of for me. Like, again, I've kind of been calling for McVay to run the ball more, and we're not. We don't have to get into the second to last possession where he only held the ball for twenty seconds, which was a complete debacle, in my opinion. We don't have to get in that. Uh, but to stay on the positive side, you have to love what Josh Wells did for you. You have to love what Jerry. I mean, how awesome is it to have Jerry Goff as our quarterback right now? I mean, how many teams would pay to have a guy like Jerry Goff? I mean. I'm convinced that this was not a Jeff Fisher move. It was strictly a Les Snead move. They had to convince everybody in that front office that Jared Goff needs to be drafted. And Fisher may agree to it, but he was one that decided to sit him back when Case Keenum was here. So I am so pumped to have Jared Goff as the quarterback for the foreseeable future. And really, like, for Jared Goff, he, he missed a fair amount of throws today. Like, you know, I don't even think this was his best game, but, like, that guy just did not quit. He he never got discouraged, even after the, the turnover. And credit Mahomes because he did the same thing, you know. Three fumbles by the quarterbacks total in this game, picked up for touchdowns. I'm pretty sure every time they responded with a great touchdown drive. I mean, Goff, you know, he he missed a couple, but he made some incredible throws overall in this game. The, the game-winning touchdown to Everett was one that really stood out as just – an incredible ball, uh, great play by Everett, a guy who I think we all like seeing. And I mean, yeah, it's just to, this is a guy you want to go to war with. You know, if, to get to where he is now from his rookie year, we can blame a lot on Fisher. We could credit a lot to McVay, but this guy has grown. He's never quit. He's never given up. And this is a guy that you know when the game's on the line, 
I am absolutely 100% confident in putting the ball in his hands to win it for us. Yeah, Goff, Goff's accuracy was off a little bit all night. Just wasn't quite there. But when he had to make a throw, he did, especially the one to Everett, like you said. The things that I noticed you know, that kind of stood right out to me was the fact that you didn't hear Dante Fowler's name mentioned at all. You didn't hear Adamican Sue's name mentioned at all. They were pretty quiet. I mean, I realized that, you know, Aaron Donald's, you know, getting a lot of the uh, media hype and stuff like that. But those guys really, as far as, I, I didn't even really see them hit the quarterback that much. It was mostly Aaron Donald and Samson Ibukam. So, you know, I'm, I'd like to see that step up a little bit, but <laughs> like I said, I'm going to keep this positive tonight because holy cow, I mean, this was a game of the year, I think, when you look at expectations and, you know, yeah, it's, you know, I'm a defensive guy, but when an offense scores and then, you know, like the Chiefs came back and put 14 points up on the board in like, you know, 30 seconds, it seemed like to take the lead again. And we had to answer, and you know both teams just kept answering back and forth. It was crazy. And uh, if you had a weak heart, this wasn't a game to watch, that's for sure. All right, folks, I have some thoughts on that as well. But before we move on there, we do want to give a shout-out to our sponsor over at, well, with Jayhawk. Check it out. Most of us are practically addicted to anything in Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out his son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of Grit, Glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at HollywoodsTeam.com and on Twitter at HollywoodsTeam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form on Amazon on Barnes & Noble. You can also find Team through various other booksellers on the net. Everyone, I've read this book cover to cover. So there's Norm and John. It's well worth every penny for all Rams fans out there. But it's also a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, folks, trust me. Check it out. Hollywood's team, Grit Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. You go, one, can we get an answer? Are you sober? Is that the only question you have for me? Is I want to hear it. How sober are you after this game? I'm 100% sober. I was uh, not missing this game. All right, so, you know, you being there live in the crowd tonight, um, what was what was it like? Dude, this felt like, I mean, I, I was actually at the playoff game last year against the Atlanta Falcons, and actually it, it felt even more electric than that. Like, I think the feeling of this being a potential Super Bowl matchup was very real. You know, the the hostility of the crowd was there. You, uh, I know there was a couple of times where, you know, Kansas City couldn't, uh, couldn't you know, pull off the snap because, you know, there was just too much noise. I don't know. Did you guys see how much noise there was? Because, man, sometimes it was deafening in there. We didn't see it, but we could hear it. I honestly couldn't hear too much because the announcers wouldn't shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I, they just talked so much tonight. They just, uh, endless chatter. It was, you know, that's the one negative of, of I think, does, does ESPN have like a 40-man booth now? Is that it? <laughs> no, they have a two-man booth and then a guy in a floating chair rolling down the <laughs> sidelines, chiming in whatever he wants. I want to call him Aladdin on his little floating carpet around there, you know, waiting for the 
waiting for the lamp to come out and rub it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the floor. No. I can you, show you, you the world. So All right, so- I, I, I guarantee you that this was not like any game you guys have ever been to, at least a Ram game anyway. You know, this was really, really incredible, especially with the, you know, uh, L.A. Together towels that they were handing out. It was really amazing uh, kind of coming together with all the, the tragedies that have been happening in uh, California lately. So that was kind of nice seeing everyone get together with that, cheering on the firefighters and the first responders. It was actually very powerful seeing all of that, um, seeing, you know, uh, people donating to the uh, people that lost their homes. It was it was really powerful and a, a big win, not only for the Rams, but for the city of L.A. and uh, California in general. I got to wonder, too, in terms of this, the overall feel of the game uh, with the emergencies and so on and so forth, how many Chiefs fans actually managed to get in there? What was the crowd percentage switch like? You know, there was some Chiefs fan, uh, and if you were to look in the crowd, they'd stick out like a sore thumb because, man, that that's a bright-ass red, let me tell you. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, I would say, if anything, it, was, it wasn't it was many Chiefs fans compared to Rams fans. Ratio, I would say, was, if I'm going to be generous, maybe 70-30. But I think more than likely it was more like 80-20, to be honest. And uh, also, just another question as well. The... Um... Then how? What was the feeling among the crowd in terms of where this game was going for the, your friends you were there with, and just the back and forth? How were they feeling about this game as it went at, as it went on? Oh man, there was it was so much. I, I mean, I felt like I was watching a novella, man. You know, there was so many. Uh, for, for those of you that don't know what a novella is, soap opera. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, no, I'm serious. There was so much drama in this game. You know, there was such, you know, there was such happiness. Then the heartache that, I mean, one, one moment in particular that just kind of silenced the crowd for like five minutes was uh, was that Tyreek Hill pass, uh, which was, I think, like uh, like around 60, 70 yard pass. Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, that was uh, that that one was uh, um, that one hit straight to the heart, man. You know, everyone there was pissed off. You could hear those the little celebrations in the off to the distance. But you know, overall, um, it was just such a, a intense environment that you know there was so much hugging, there was so much uh, you know cussing when uh, nothing was going our way. Um, but in the end, uh, I, I have a couple of videos that I'll try and post up on uh, social media later. Uh, of uh, of the game, you'll you'll see the intensity of the game, and you know video certainly doesn't do it any justice. You you have to certainly be there to feel what exactly everyone else was feeling. By the way, seventy seven thousand. The Rams opened up a few more seats for this game. Uh, just you know, seventy seven thousand fans were there tonight. So, pretty happening. Pretty happening. All right, Johnny man. Thanks so much for showing up. I, I want to let you go, man. Get home safely, okay? And I'll, I'll say it once, to just just for giggles. Whose house? Rams' house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See you, Johnny. Uh, so, See you, buddy. So rest in peace, ears. So uh, yeah. Just get peace, home safe. people. 
Get home safe, safely. Uh, All I, right. I promise so, I'll drink. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So back to the point I was just trying to make. You guys talking about the 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 flow of the game, the defense, and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, I the thing about this game that I think is special for me is I can go back through my memory over the years and I've watched a lot of football, not as much as Norm has. I think there's very few people in the world who have watched as much as Norm has. <laughs> and I don't mean that as an insult this time. I don't. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, I really mean that not as an insult. Um, I don't remember a game like this. I, it's, I, I mentioned on Twitter, I was running Twitter tonight and this is the best game I've ever seen. Because of just the drama to it, the the back and forth, the the, the fighting spirit by both teams, and in there was there were several defensive plays made in this game that you know, if the Rams don't cost five turnovers, they don't win this game, guys. It was just to me a special one of those ones that's going to live in memory. I I can go back all the Rams games over the years. I don't think I've. I mean, well, I guess I'll ask it. I'll start with Justin. Justin, what what was your the best Rams game you've ever seen? What was the best one you've seen? Oh man, uh, I would have to say, offensively, it, there's no question that this is number one. No question, and I I would probably say overall this is number one because. I've only been in France since 2006, so I don't go way back like a lot of people. All the years that I've been a fan, we've been terrible. And now this is the best season for me as a fan, um, and we're 10-1. and one. I can't really complain about anything right now. And this is a game that kind of – we're going to be thinking about this game come playoff time and because this, this has bearing on potential seeding. And you want to either be a number one or two seed and have a bye the first week. And if New Orleans ends up going down and getting beat by the Packers or, or the Panthers, you know, this could play a huge role down the line. And so uh, this is definitely the best game I've seen. And, again, it's with a smaller sample size, you know, being a, a little over a decade as a fan. But, you know, when we've been trashed for so long, this it's no doubt the best game I've seen so far. And I wish I, I was sitting there right next to Johnny in that atmosphere because that's a memory that that dude will never forget. And a lot of people in that stadium will never, ever forget, and uh, especially at a time like this. And so um, re- really awesome just to get a W, and it is the best game that I've seen so far as a fan. Norm? Well, I've been a fan since before all of you were born, so – I guess that makes me an old part, but uh, I would say the best game I've ever watched was the Super Bowl that they won, but tonight would be a real close second. Uh, We haven't seen the Rams play like this maybe ever, but in a very long time, if not. Uh, And to your point, Derek, about you don't think you've ever seen anything like this, well, on Monday night, you haven't because this is the most points ever scored in a Monday night football game, and it's the only time that both teams have scored over 50 in NFL history, if I'm correct. So there hasn't been a game like this before. This is a unique, one-of-a-kind game and certainly was fun to watch, especially you know the Rams jumping out early, getting all excited, then uh, 
Zerloin misses the extra point, and you're like, oh, God, I hope that doesn't cost us. And then KC misses the extra point right before halftime, so we go in tied, and we're thinking, wow, here we are, you know, halftime tied-up game, already high scoring, already a lot of offense, and then the second half comes out, and they put up even more points. And it was like, we make them fumble. Against San Francisco, which was just like a really fun shootout, you know, ironically Sammy Watkins had a big game that day this was kind of similar to that only it was like no amplified times 10 you know it's when if the 49ers game was like a great wrestling match this was like tables ladders and chairs with 10 people there's twists and turns at every point you know defensive touchdowns hell in a cell yeah exactly it's like instead of the undertaker just fighting mankind regularly he throws (laughs) him off a 20 feet of hell in a cell I mean Defensive touchdowns, you know, crazy offensive plays, you know, even a big play from Tyree Kill, uh, guys like Josh Reynolds and Samson Ibukam coming out of nowhere, not really out of nowhere, but like guys that have been underappreciated or underutilized making big plays, stars like Aaron Donald, Pat Mahomes making big plays. This was just like a dogfight, man, you know, what it wasn't a defensive shootout, but it was, you know, what felt like 19 hours of just nonstop wall-to-wall action and and it was one of the craziest football games i've ever watched and, and definitely the the best rams victory i i remember seeing in my life you know the super bowl norm you mentioned that and see what's different about that game is really the rams dominated that game for three quarters and really should have blown tennessee out and they let tennessee back into it and held on late and that was probably the best fourth quarter i've ever seen but in terms of four quarters of a non-stop football back and forth back and forth it's hard for me to make that argument versus the super bowl the super bowl is special because they won the game but they really should have blown tennessee out in my view i mean they really controlled much of that game i in other games from the rams i mean just this year they've had some great ones and and steve that 49er game you mentioned we did the podcast after that i remember that you you and i had a blast on that podcast afterwards i just did I, i just look at this and go I'm not – I want to say – actually, you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I hope – I hope I never seen a game like this because giving up 51 points in the game just is mind-blowing to me. But for a one-time experience, I'll take it. I'll definitely take it. Well, look, and I said this to you guys before the game. You know, It's not like we gave up 51 to Arizona. This – I think there's three teams right now that are at the head of the pack in terms of, you know – complete firepower on offense and you know, not great defenses, but you know, guys that can come up and make play, and that's us, the Saints, and the Chiefs. We kind of got torched by both of those teams offensively, but to split that series of games, you know, it's hard to it's hard to really complain. This is you look at the Chiefs offense, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, running the best running backs in the league, one of the best wide receivers in the league, one of the best tight ends in the league. It, it's hard you're not gonna stop them. Obviously, giving up 51 points is not ideal ever, but it it was a game that we knew it was going to feel like this kind of game, and you know we did make them punt more than I think any of us thought I was. We and they we scored two defensive touchdowns. It's a tough pill to swallow, but I mean you know it's something I hope we do shore up in the coming weeks. But it's a win against the best team in the other conference, and. I'm, I'm, I'll live with it, and I'll, I'm happy with it right now. I have my gripes, but, you know, 
we I'm I'm positive about this, man. There's more a lot more positives than negatives for me to take out of this. Well, just you know, let's be realistic. There was more hype about this game than any other game that I can ever remember during the regular season. I mean, this game was hyped up so much. Uh, you couldn't turn on any sports channel anywhere and not see him talking about Rams and Casey. So, first of all, it's nice to see our team finally being talked about after all those years of complaining that they never talked about us, but then when they did, it was all bad. So, you know, this game lived up to the hype. It happened at a perfect time in Los Angeles. Uh, It couldn't have been a more scripted Hollywood ending. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a game to remember for all those reasons, for sure. Justin, give us your thoughts, man. I mean, are you, uh, are you starting to, we're trying to be positive. Are we, are we turning you towards a positive light now or not? I mean, uh, we won. We won (laughs) by giving up 51 points. You should never win in the NFL when you give up 51 points. You should just never, ever, ever win. And if you, if anyone has a stat where somebody else has won by giving up fifty-one points, please point me to it. I love maybe, it. maybe in college, maybe in college, exactly. But this is the NFL now. This is the trend of the way the NFL is going. This is what the NFL top dogs, big wigs wanted it to look like, and they are achieving what they wanted. You can't hit quarterbacks. You can't touch receivers. You can't do this. You can't do that. The lowering of the helmet when the tight end was actually lowering his helmet, and our guy gets blasted, and then we get flagged for it. It's like not only, not only that, he was turning his head away. <laughs> exactly. And so, but the, the the point is, the NFL is achieving what they want, which is high scoring affairs, and I'm just thankful that the Rams are ahead of the game. And the reason that they're ahead of the game is because of Sean McVay. Let's be honest. The reason they're ahead of the game is because of the offensive mind that Sean McVay is. And if it's fair right now to be sitting here talking about an extension for McVay right now, because that's what the NFL is going to be. It's going to be teams scoring more points a lot of passing. I mean, it's been a passing league for, what, the past three, four years now? I mean, Todd Gurley wasn't even utilized as much of the capacity he could have been this game at all. And when you want to talk about being able to take the air out of the ball, if you're going to win the Super Bowl, you have to be able to sustain longer drives for a longer amounts of time by using a guy like Todd Gurley. And that's something that we have not done. And this is a game you could have potentially done that and not let that, let that Chiefs offense just run up and down the field. So – we haven't seen that yet, and I'm not complaining but because we did win. But for me to feel comfortable, even sitting right here right now in this moment at 10-1, and 1, the defense has got to be able to make certain plays. And they did. You're right. They made some plays. But you still gave up 51 points, bro. And you're not going to win by giving up 51 points often. You're lucky that your offense was still on the field and still made the plays they typically make, even with a big injury to Cooper Cup and Reynolds. So – I'm happy, dude, but it's like, holy cow, man, like, we got to fix something. And I want to make one step before, before I shut this, this particular comment down here, and that is outside of the bond that Tyreek Hill had in the second half, he only had one catch for like 15 yards the entire second half leading up to that point. So Wade did make some adjustments. He made a few adjustments that luckily allowed us to be in the game to win it. But I remember when Detroit – 
had Calvin Johnson, and you would see, I remember seeing a safety and a corner lining up directly across from Calvin and say, we are not going to let this guy beat us. And the Rams should maybe think about doing something like that to a guy like Tyreek Hill because who did all the damage? Primarily Hill. Yeah, Kelsey had his. He definitely did. Conley, who nobody knows about, had his. And for the most part, they contained Hunt, right? So if you double up Hill, then you have to make somebody else beat you. But anyway, I, again, I'm happy. I'm not swayed. You're not swaying me yet about looking at the all bright and positives. But, I, I mean, I'm happy we won. There's still a lot of things to fix. And luckily, we're coming up on a bye week with a win, and we're at 10-1, and one, baby. That's all I can say. It, it is the first time in NFL history a team gave up 50 points and won the game, um, according to Scorigami. Uh, it's literally, that's never happened. The highest was 49. That happened twice. Uh, this is this is the biggest, this is the first time it's ever happened. So, I guess you're right. You literally never win until today. Like you got 51 points in the game. All right, folks. We're going to be wrapping up soon. Before we do, we do want to give a shout-out to the Gold Ram Barbershop. So here is our man, Norm, talking about Sal, Sal's Gold Ram Barbershop. Now it's time to give a shout-out to our longest-time sponsor, the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like that old-school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Sal Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day that they left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 714-894-7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows that we sent you to get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. It's it's like a shrine to the Rams, like a Hall of Fame to the Rams in a barbershop. But Sal also provides that really nice old-school barbershop experience talking Rams football and more. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. Sal even managed to make me, Derek, and Johnny look good and appear, well, somewhat normal. All right, folks, before we uh, we wrap things up and give our last final conversation here, we do want to ask you if you would like to sponsor us, we could really use the help in, in the partnership. So, hey, reach out to us at 657-666-5453 or at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. We have lots of good things coming. More content coming to the website as well. So there you go. Also, hey, I want to give a shout-out to one of our biggest fans, one of our biggest supporters, Henry Camacho, um, who did visit the Cold Ram Barbershop after hearing about it on, his, on our podcast. Uh, happy birthday, dude. Happy birthday. And to all the first responders out there in L.A., uh, thank you for all that you did to, uh, to fight the fires, to deal with the shooting, and, um, I, you know, a lot of ways this win was for you. So, there you go. Okay, guys, game balls. Game balls. Going to go back over to Justin. Justin, who are you giving your game balls to? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go one on each side here. Um, I'm going to give it the game ball. If I had to give one on the offensive side, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to Josh Reynolds. I'm going to say, listen, man, you stepped in your first highlight. I mean, big-time game, big-time shootout. 
You mean all the plays that you could make? I mean, you fought you fought hard. You you had good hands. You blocked well downfield when there were chances to block. Um, so I gotta give it to a guy who hasn't got a lot of attention. And on the defensive side, I have to go with Samson. Samson Ibukam played out of his mind, man, and he he just really stuck out to me as a guy who just. Uh, put his foot in the ground and freaking never stopped turning towards the quarterback. And that's what we needed tonight. We needed that. And because of that guy, he helped force two turnovers and then he made one of his own. And then did you see the fight that he had to get in the end zone when mm-hmm. he was getting brought down? Hell Bobby yeah. Holmes and Tyreek Hill. Now granted Tyreek Hill is like five foot eight and a hundred and a buck 80 soaking wet. Right. But he, he, they were, he was getting tackled at like the seven or eight yard line and he, he just plowed oh. and Challenge, but we managed to get a W, man. So, but those are my game balls. Norm. Well, <clears throat> on the offense, offensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with Jared Goff, just because he didn't have his best game, but he kept fighting through it and kept leading the team, and when he had to, made some awesome throws. And uh, you know, he it would have been easy to give up tonight getting hit so many times and giving up those two fumbles and, and all that. So uh, definitely going to give him one on the offense. And then, you know, Ibukam played with a lot of balls tonight, so I'm going to give him another ball too because, uh, you know, I've been a fan of his for a long time watching him at Eastern Washington, and he had his career game tonight. He may never do better than he did tonight, which I hope he does. But, you know, a sack – uh, interception for a touchdown, fumble recovery for a touchdown, causing, you know, uh, Mahomes to to not throw very well and getting that Peters interception, you know, like like Justin said, he played out of his mind tonight. So I'd have to give him one too. Stevie, uh, I'm gonna, I do want to add on Josh Reynolds because uh, he already got a ball. I'm not gonna give another one. If he doesn't tip the ball out of I don't remember the corner who was on him's hands, but late in the game, I think it was on the on the game winning drive. Goff throws a, a not great pass to him. Uh, it's it's in. It was probably Scandrick's hands, and Reynolds just comes over, gives it a little tap, knocks it all the ball. He gets that interception, we probably lose the game. And so Reynolds, you know, he had a big game here, and that might have won us the game. Uh, defensively, I'm going to give my game ball to Aaron Donald. Two huge strip sacks on Pat Mahomes. You know, obviously he was a terror all game. One of those, obviously, was one Ibu Cam uh, scooped and scored. And you know what? I'm not going to go on the offensive side. I'm going to go to special teams and give my game ball to Johnny Hecker. He had four punts today, one of them not great. The other three, including a 68-yard punt, Tyreek Hill caught three punts at the, his own six or or farther back. I mean, he, he took all three out. He got a couple yards on each of them, but... Hacker pinned him back as far as he could every time. And, I mean, it's for us to have one of the best players in the game on offense in Kyle Gurley, one of the best players in the game in defense on Aaron Donald, and then probably the best and most lethal special teamer in Johnny Hacker. We we forget how lucky we are to have him sometimes, especially this year because we never punt. But, like, that guy, that guy he, he gets as much credit for this win as I think anyone on the offensive side should. All right, my game balls. Uh, I I always go last. I want you know getting everybody sloppy seconds, thirds, and fours. Um, for me, offensively, I'm gonna go with Tyler Higby. 
almost every one of his catches was in a it was in a critical situation where they needed a catch in that moment in time. And you know, I want to give the to Goff for for his heart, but you know, it's very rare that we get to say Higby and game ball in the same sentence. I think this might be the first time ever. And he was critical out there. Tight ends were critical out there today, for that matter. So that goes to him. Defensively, I I, I thought about Aaron Dahl, but man, the critical plays from Ebicam, you just can't overlook that. You know, like Norm said, he played out of his mind. We may never see a better game from him in terms of the big plays. And the fight in the end zone, the the tip at the end, I just have to go to Ebicam for my game ball. And uh, I hate being a copycat, Dagnabbit. But there we go. <clears throat> well, shoot, so, you could give one to Robert Woods. You could give one to uh, Brandon Cooks. You could give one to several guys on the offensive line. You know, this the fact that, you know, on defense, you could give one to several guys, too. Uh, it, it, it's just one of those games. So, you know, Gerald Everett is another one, you mm-hmm. know, catching that game winner and having some, you know, two touchdowns and some really good plays tonight. So, I mean, there are a lot of guys that deserve game balls. Second time in Tyler Higby's career, second time that he's had over 60 yards receiving. Here, here. Hey, um, one thing I do want to bring up, too, and in, in this kind of closes out, if the Rams on this bye can figure out this defense, just mention, just guys, just realize all the names Norm just said. Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. Is there a team deeper right now at the offensive skill positions than the Rams? Not even the Saints are this deep. Where where the, where are the Saints better right now on defense? And if they can figure this defense out, the sky's the limit. I just don't know if they will. Well, I think getting Tlaib back will make a huge difference. Uh, you know, if Tlaib can come back and play to his form and, you know, take a little bit of pressure off of Peters and they can figure out how to stop the run, which they did a better job of tonight, <clears throat> of course, you know, KC's not really known to be a running game, running team, but they did do a good job of stopping the run tonight. If they can, if they can stop the run and get to lead back and start getting some pressure off our corners, I think it'll fix a lot. And in Detroit, you know, we'll get to see that firsthand, and hopefully, we see a big change. Justin, yeah, um, you know, at the end of the day, man, I sound like a broken record. We're ten and one, dude. We're ten and one. Okay, and going from two and fourteen, you know, to seven and nines, the four and twelves. I mean, for over a decade of just losing and just relying on guys like Stephen Jackson, and I mean, talking about running a guy's career into the ground, a guy who you had to rely on. This not this team. You could win with anybody in the starting lineup, and you're going to put points on the board. This team has not stopped to showcase that they are going to put up at least 30 points every single game, every game. It don't matter who and what color uniform is on the other side of the ball playing defense, and they got their jump strapped on. This team is putting up 30 points. And so if the defense, as you said, Derek, can figure out how to be a, at least a bend, but not break defense. They weren't even that tonight, and they made huge plays, and they were not that tonight. 
If they can figure out how to hold teams under 30 and the Rams are putting up at least 30, well, doing the math, you're going to win. And so, but we're 10 and 1, dude. 10 and 1, and this one's behind us. Let's get healthy, man. Let's get rested up. Let's regroup. Let's get healthy. And uh, Detroit's next, man. We're, I mean, we're already think we're already thinking about Detroit. Right? That's what we're thinking about. I can tell you one, man. You just said it, Norm. Talib is thinking about Detroit. Yes, he's sir. About, he's thinking about what fool's chain am I going to yank off this year's game? <laughs> <laughs> That's what that dude's thinking. And so, hopefully, we'll see a change in the defense. Uh, but but you know what, Wade Phillips, man, the task is at hand. You know what? You know what I'm saying? The task is at hand. So I'm excited. Ten and one. Ten and one. Let's go. <laughs> Steve, final thoughts. I uh, I mean, to echo Justin's point here, you know, it wasn't that long ago when Kellen Clemens with the game on the line was throwing balls to Brian Quick and Austin Pettis to try and win football games. <laughs> like I'm sure there's plenty of newer Rams fans that came in, in the LA years who don't even know who any of those players are. And like those were our go to game on the line players. Ooh. I mean, and you know, Derek, you mentioned the Rams might have the deepest offense in the league. I think Casey's is just as deep, to be honest. Uh what they might lack in depth at some positions they make up for with Kelsey. Um, but it, it doesn't really matter if we see them again, they'll be in the Super Bowl, and I think we're just as good on offense. And I mean, yeah, I think the defense they they need a bye week. We've been saying for weeks, it feels like now that this team desperately needs to get to this bye week. And you know, honestly, I picked them to lose this week. I'm so happy to be wrong. I uh, ten and one going into the bye feels great. And outside of that Chicago game coming up, not a lot of these games seem like losses and I'm confident up in this Rams team that they will win all the games that they should win. You know, that I don't want to count out that Eagles game yet. Uh, the Lions, you know, they're sneaky, but we are the better team. Outside of that Chicago game, it's that's the toughest game yeah. on the schedule right now. The path to at least fourteen and two, though, I mean, it, it seems like almost a sure thing. And if we can get there, even even if we end up the, the two seed behind the Saints, you know, I, I'm I'm happy with how the season's going, and I think. Getting to lead back will be bigger than a lot of us remember because that those cornerbacks were shut down corners when Talib was out there. It, it made everyone else better, and the fact that they didn't make a move for a cornerback means I think they're confident in him. Now it's always dangerous when older players come back from injuries, but we have no reason to believe he won't be able to right now. And even if he's eighty-five percent of the player he was before the injury, that's something we could desperately use right now. Well, <clears throat> five five more wins. 15-1. No, I called it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even if they go 14-2, and two, I, you know, the Saints right now are looking like they're going to be 15-1 and one, the way they're playing. And, uh, you know, when we looked at their schedule before, looking at what they, they had, the Falcons, who were, we thought were going to be challenging them, they're not challenging. We thought the Panthers challenge. The Panthers just are up and down every week. I don't know that the Saints lose their game this season, so the Rams desperately need to keep up. They want home field, or else they're going back to New Orleans. But guys, we'll talk more about this. Each one of our shows, I mean, we, this is our instant reaction. The rest of our shows this week, we'll, we'll kind of break down this game a little further. We'll start looking ahead to the season. We'll start asking some questions. I know some folks were upset about Sean McVay's play calling. We don't want to ignore that. Uh, at the end of the game, we'll address that in podcasts as well. We'll also address... Um, other things we saw across all three of our shows, uh, Rams Talk, Radio, 
Rampage Radio, and of course, Butting Heads. So, with all that said, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash RamsTalk, also in the Rams Talk room, that's our group, we actually had a game threat tonight. You can follow me on Twitter at DC Paul, Norm at Norm Hightower, Steve Ribeiro at Steve Ribeiro, and you can follow J-Rob over there at Rampage Pod. Is, is it Rampage Radio Pod? My memory is... Yep. It's 1 o'clock in yep. the morning. I'm, I'm you know losing my mind a little bit. Don't forget to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all those places. We are there. Spotify for the entire Rams Talk team. This team is 10-1. They've clinched a playoff berth, by the way. We didn't even mention that to show they are now in the playoffs. Here we go. It's bye week. Take it easy, buddy. Adios. Deuces. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet essentials. One device included. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.